Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie. Well, the holidays are upon us once again, and it's time for yes. my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. You know, Amy, a lot of peop- for a lot of people, uh, Christmas is their favorite holiday, and I like Christmas too, but Thanksgiving is my most favorite because I get a little time off, I get to visit with family, there's no like mad rush of gift shopping and wrapping and all of that and the whole holiday is centered around eating you know it's a great yes. holiday uh, I love that yeah, yeah. Uh, at my house we just gather up all the kids who are able to be in town and maybe a few other guests and my husband fries a wonderful turkey that's what how we do it down here in Louisiana he fries it oh yeah deep fried <laughs> deep fried outside oh <laughs> outside on the porch he, he deep fries it and it's really really good and so we'll you know we'll have a great dinner together and then because it's usually warm enough we'll go out in the backyard and play bocce or cornhole with the you know the little bean bags or whatever and it's just really a great day to spend with family Oh, I love that. Well, we spend it with family, too. Um, We don't play yard games outside unless it's maybe to build a snowman or just to (laughs) get out and walk around the block and walk off the turkey, which we don't fry. We actually do the oven thing, and, you know, there's never enough space in the oven, but um, it's a hoot. (laughs) And here in Wisconsin, you know, we've already had our first snowfall, so there's a little bit on the ground. But Thanksgiving weekend is really the sacred, and I put that in bunny ears, the sacred deer hunting season with guns. We've already had our bow season. So um, you see people out in the guys out in the woods. uh, So while the the women folk are uh, (laughs) cooking up the meal, the guys are usually out hunting. And you see all these people, you're driving to grandma's house or whatever, and you see all these people with um, blaze orange in their trucks. And or if you pull up to a gas station, the guy next to you in a truck might have a couple of deer carcasses hanging off the back. I mean, that's just the way it is (laughs) around here. And uh, this that whole week is like a national holiday, even for kids. Um, Kids take the whole week off, you know, they get out in the woods and stuff. So all that to say that our family doesn't hunt. We, we're the weird ones. We uh, we don't. So we just get together. Uh, it's eating. It's football. It's cooking some great things. And uh, we usually have a house full at our house, um, usually around 20 people. Um, I split that with uh, my sister-in-law. So one year it's my house and one year it's hers. And it's just so much fun. But of course, this year will be very different. Um, so whoever shows up, uh, great. But I have a feeling that uh, people will probably just stick to their own homes just because of the wonderful pandemic yeah. uh, that is upon us. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, it sounds like a lot of fun, but I hope, you know, yeah. I hope none of us have our Thanksgiving spoiled by the pandemic, like you're saying, or the, yes. or the you know, lockdowns and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of that this, uh, this holiday season, but uh, hopefully everybody can find a way to spend some time with loved ones and, and have a good time. Yeah. But, you know, the, thinking about Thanksgiving, there's there's only one thing that I don't you know that I do not look forward to about the holiday that I love the best. I am not happy with the way that Christmas has begun to overshadow 
Thanksgiving. You know, the radio mm. station started playing Christmas carols before <laughs> Halloween. The stores yep. put, yeah, they do. And the stores put out Christmas decorations earlier and earlier every single year. Um, on TV, you see the Christmas, the commercials for Christmas gifts and, and the sales for Christmas gifts, especially this year, since a lot of it's going to be online. You know, they've been running sales since, I don't know, October, maybe August. You know, they've been doing Christmas sales. Yeah. <clears throat> every day is is Black Friday, Michelle. Yeah. And if I, I always say if if every day is Black Friday, then nothing is. That's so, for hey, sure. <laughs> well, and you you almost kind of from all of that stuff, you kind of get this sense that retailers and even a lot of just Americans in general consider Thanksgiving to kind of be in the way, and they'd rather just skip straight mm-hmm. to Christmas. And that concerns me for all of us, not just as a national community, but also as the church. I mean, with everything that's going on. In our country and in the world and in the church right now, do we really need to skip over being thankful? Uh, I, I completely agree with you, Michelle. And a little confession, though, and, and don't hurt me over there in Louisiana, but um, I have <laughs> I've actually started listening to some Christmas music. But I totally agree. We can't skip over <laughs> being thankful. And we re- need to remember that being thankful to God is an important part of our theology, you know, as, as Christians every single day, not just once a year on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, so tonight in this episode, we are going to take a look at uh, what the Bible has to say about giving thanks to God so that we can make sure we're practicing Thanksgiving all year round. So, uh, as always, we like to go to Scripture. Uh, Let's start with a few verses in Ephesians chapter 5. Now, Paul uses a very interesting pattern of teaching in verses 1 through 21. Uh, He starts in verse 1 by telling us to be imitators of God, And then he tells us how to do that by contrasting ungodly ways with godly ways, mainly using the word but. So in other words, um, don't do this, but do that. Don't be this way, but be that way. So you get the idea. And interestingly, he mentions thankfulness twice in this short passage in verses 4 and in 20. So let's take a look at this. Verse 4 says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. And then uh, you're skipping ahead to verses 18 through 20. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, one of the ways that we are to be imitators of God is to watch what comes out of our mouths, like filthiness, foolish talk, and crude joking uh, in verse 4, and to watch what goes into our mouths, like too much wine, in verse 18, so that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Spirit, what will come out of our mouths is words of thanksgiving and songs of praise to God. Filthiness, foolish talk, and crude joking are really out of place, of course, and drunkenness is debauchery. Uh, these verses say this, you know, of course, so... Um, But giving thanks is just the opposite, isn't it? Instead of being out of place, giving thanks is befitting of Christians or words fitly spoken, we might say. And instead of being debaucherous, which means excessive indulgence in fleshly pleasures, 
giving thanks actually takes our focus off the desires of the flesh and helps us focus on God and his goodness. So the first aspect of our theology of thanksgiving is that we are to be imitators of God. And being thankful is just one of the ways God grows us in holiness and godliness. That's right. And being thankful to God is both a fruit that Christians naturally bear and something that we're to consciously practice. And so that brings us to the next component of thankfulness. Notice in that that passage that Amy just read, verse 20 says, we're to be giving thanks always and for everything to God. And that's really similar to another couple of verses that might pop into your mind like they popped into my mind. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And James 1.2, you might remember, says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And that's a pretty tall order, you know, if you think about it. I'm supposed to thank God always and for everything, in all circumstances, mm. even in trials, you know, when, when the dog yaks on the rug, when the kids are pushing me to the limit, <laughs> when I'm in a car accident, when my husband dies. Yes, yes, we're to give wow. thanks in all of those situations, because in all of those situations, God is still for you. He is proactively and intentionally, as Romans eight twenty eight says, working all of those things out for your good. Maybe he's trying to teach you patience or give you an opportunity to minister to someone or leading you to trust him more deeply and depend more fully on him. Whatever he's doing, and you may not find out this side of heaven what he's doing, but whatever he's doing, he's doing it for you. And that's how we can be thankful always and for everything, because we can trust that whatever is happening to us is God's will for us. And we also know that just like we read in First Thessalonians, it is God's will for us to be thankful about whatever is happening. This is another facet of the theology of thanksgiving in the Christian's life, that we're not just to be thankful to God when we're having an awesome day or we've won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. I think that's still a thing. Or, you know, when that boyfriend finally proposes. But we're also to be thankful to him even in the worst circumstances or the direst of situations because God is God and he is worthy of our thanks no matter what. And also because no matter how bad things seem, God is using those circumstances and situations to do something good for us. When we're thankful to God in the good times, you know, people could just look at us and think, well, of course she's thankful for that. God gave her something really awesome. But when we're thankful to God in the bad times, it demonstrates to those around us that we're not just in it for the health, wealth, and prosperity. There's a lot more to Christianity than just the goodies that God gives us. Uh, very well said, Michelle. It's very similar to what we see in the book of Job. Uh, in Job 1.8, God describes Job this way. There is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. And Satan's response to that in Job 1 through uh, 9 through 11 is, um, does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all the things he has, and he will curse you to your face. 
So that's Satan saying that. And we know that as the story goes on, God allows Satan to take all those blessings away from Job, his livestock, his servants, his children, his livelihood, and eventually his health. I mean, can you even imagine? But does Job end up cursing God? Nope. Look at God's, uh, look at Job's example to us of thankfulness in times of adversity. He has lost everything. And what does he say in Job 121? The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job wasn't thankful to God just because God gave him lots of awesome stuff. Job was thankful to God for who God is. That is so true. Job is such a great example to us of being thankful and true to God, even in the worst kind of suffering. Well, another aspect of the theology of thanksgiving is that God instructs us to be thankful to him. And when God tells us to do something, we need to obey him. Let's focus on a couple of passages in which God instructs us to be thankful. The first one is Colossians 3.15. It says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful thankful. And Psalm 30 verse 4, sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. Be thankful, give thanks. That's an imperative statement. Mm -hmm. It's telling us we need to do something. God wants his people to be thankful to him, not just because he deserves our thanks, but because it is good for us to be thankful. It helps us fix our eyes on all he has done for us, from the greatest gift of all, giving his precious son to save us from our sins, all the way down to the smallest thing you can think of to thank him for. A Tootsie Pop, the smell Mm. of the rain, a card in the mail, you know. Being thankful is good for us, and it's also good for us because it helps us to develop humility. It helps us to see that God is God and we are not, and that without him, we wouldn't even exist, that we only draw our next breath, eat our next meal, or wake up one more day because he ordains it. We are totally dependent on him in every single aspect of our lives. We don't obtain or earn or achieve anything on our own. God enables, God provides, God blesses. Oh, amen. You know, when uh, God tells us to be thankful, we need to do it just because he's God and we're to obey him. But what awesome blessings that obedience brings. You know, another ingredient in our theology of thanksgiving is that our thankfulness sets us apart from unbelievers. As Michelle said earlier, thankfulness is both a fruit Christians naturally bear and something that we are to consciously practice. It is a character trait that distinguishes God's people from the world. And Michelle, I'll give you a little example around the Thanksgiving table uh, where my husband and I, with our with our daughter gone uh, overseas, our, our, my husband and I are the only uh, believers as far as uh, we can tell, <laughs> which is pretty obvious. Uh, and you can hear that in the prayers or the rolling of eyes when other people want to uh, give thanks for the meal. It's, it's a fascinating thing. And thankfulness to the Christian sounds very, very different from uh, those who are thankful in the world without Christ. So, um, you know, listen to what uh, Romans 1 has to say about that. Uh, I'll just read uh, verses 18 and 21. So 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And 21 says, 
For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. In this section of Romans 1, Paul is talking about the unbeliever's sin of refusing to acknowledge God's authority over her life. You know, some unbelievers stubbornly deny that God even exists. But even those who give lip service to God refuse to admit that he is who he says he is in Scripture and that they are obligated to submit to him. And that's why verse 21 says they did not honor God or give thanks to him. To honor God in this context is to acknowledge that God not only exists, but that he is the creator and their sovereign ruler of the universe. To thank God is to admit that we are beholden to him for everything we have, even our very lives. Thanking God declares that he is good and benevolent and that we are totally dependent on him for everything. That's right. In a way, it's kind of like saying thank you when someone gives you a gift. You're acknowledging that this person is the giver and you're the receiver, that she's giving you something of value out of the goodness of her own heart. It's not something you earned by hard work or or achieved because you're so smart or talented. It's not about you. You're not the star of the show. It's all about the benevolence of the giver. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we relish admitting all of those those things. We love to praise and thank God for his his graciousness and his kindness and giving us good things. We readily admit that we're dependent on him for everything. But unbelievers, whether they realize it consciously or not, balk at that because to honor and to thank God is to admit that he's in charge and they need to bow the knee to him. And they don't want to do that because if they did, they'd have to obey him and live by his rules. And they love their sin too much to give it up. That's why John three nineteen tells us people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And that brings us to the last aspect of our theology of Thanksgiving for tonight. When Christians bear that fruit of thankfulness and make a practice of giving thanks to God, it points others, lost and saved, to Christ. In First Chronicles 16, great passage. Go read it when you get a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that passage, David is king, and they've defi- they, they have defeated the Philistines. David has brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem and set up a special tent or sanctuary for it, and they're getting ready to put the Ark into that special sanctuary. Verse 4 tells us, David appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the Ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank and to praise the Lord God of Israel. And then in verse 7, it says, On that day David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord by Asaph and his brothers. And then, very interestingly, in verses 8 through 34, that is that song of thanksgiving that David composed and commissioned them to lead uh, all the people in the congregation to sing. Now, the whole song is bookended by thanksgiving. Verse 8, the very first verse of the song says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And then the very last verse of the song says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. That very same phrase. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And then what's in the middle between those two bookends? 
What's in the middle is the idea that giving thanks to God, glorifying him, recounting all of his marvelous deeds has an impact on people and it directs their gaze to the almighty God of the universe with whom we have to do. When lost people observe us giving thanks to God, just like we were talking about a minute ago, it's a subtle reminder to them that that Christ is is king and they will bow the knee to him either here on earth or at the judge judgment through our thanksgiving god calls them to account and calls them to repent and follow christ but when we give thanks it also impacts our brothers and sisters in christ in a lot of ways and this song of thanksgiving uh here in first first chronicles is that what i said it was here in first chronicles that it, it explains some of the ways that it impacts our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, it says, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord be reminded to verse nine, sing praises to him. Verse 10, glory in his holy name and rejoice. Verse 11, to seek the Lord in his strength and seek his presence continually. Uh, verse 12, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord remember the wondrous works that he has done. Verse 14, remember that he is the Lord our God. Verse 15, remember his covenant with us forever. Verses 23 and 24, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord be reminded to tell of his salvation from day to day, to declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Verses 25 and 26, remind the lost and saved alike that great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all. All gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Verse 29, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Verse 31, we are to declare among the nations, the Lord reigns. That's what it does when we give thanks to the Lord. It encourages his people and reminds them of all of these great things about God and how we are to respond to him and the things that we are to do uh, as we are being thankful to him. Oh, it sure does, Michelle. It's so encouraging to hear our brothers and sisters in Christ thanking God. It reminds us all to do all of these things, and it reminds us that we should be thanking him too. So as we wrap things up tonight, let's review the main points of our theology of thanksgiving. Uh, First, we are to be imitators of God, and being thankful is one of the ways God grows us in godliness. Next, we are to thank God always and for everything, even when times are hard. And next, being thankful in the the hard times demonstrates to the world that God is much more than a cosmic Santa Claus who hands out goodies. We are to be thankful because God instructs us to be thankful, and we are to obey him. Thankfulness is a character trait that sets believers apart from unbelievers. And finally, thankfulness points both the lost and the saved to Christ. So those are a lot of great reasons to give thanks to God, not just as we celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday, but every day of our lives, both individually and as the church. And that's going to do it for another episode of A Word Fitly Spoken. Don't forget to stop by our website, awordfitlyspoken.life, for lots of great resources, a, a gospel presentation that you can share with friends and loved ones, our episode archives, and the opportunity 
opportunity to partners through us through PayPal and Patreon as we continue to share God's word and the love of Christ. And until next time, give thanks, happy Thanksgiving, and walk worthy.